Hi, I'm Adam Walker and welcome to my podcast. On this show, I really seek just to learn and ideally to learn by teaching the things that I'm learning. And so I'll be focusing on getting more focused and more done on navigating the inefficiencies of the professional world, on growing as a leader, team member, and professional, and on enjoying life without getting lost in the black hole of work. I hope you will join me on this journey and that we can all grow together. Hey listeners, today's episode is a little different. I was recently asked to give a talk about 48N48, a nonprofit that I co-founded in 2015. And I gave the talk about not just 48N48, but the leadership lessons that I've learned through being involved with 48 and 48. And so I wanted to share those lessons with this audience as well. So stay tuned. Please bear in mind this was recorded with a field audio recorder. So the audio is not amazing and you may hear a few plates clinking in the background in the beginning, but uh, I think it's worth a listen. So thanks for joining today. So, uh, so Ryan asked me today to talk about 40 and 48. And so that's what I'm going to do. And, and I like to kind of think about things like this in terms of like the lessons that I've learned from it, because I could give you a history lesson on 48 and 48, but that doesn't seem very fun to me. It does seem fun to tell you what I've learned from it and give you a history lesson. So that's what I'm going to do. I hope that's okay. Uh, and I will keep it short-ish if I can. So um, the first lesson is who you know matters. I would imagine you probably know that because you're in this room. But just a little bit of background about that. Um, 14 and 48 really started in a room exactly like this one, actually. I was an entrepreneur. I had a tiny website company. And I was at the Metro Atlanta Chamber of Commerce event for the Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And, up on, and it's the, you know, hundreds of people. And I'm sitting at a table with people that I should not be sitting at a table with that like run Hartsfield Jackson for some reason. It was random. And, uh, and I'm very, you know, out of my element. And the guy on stage, they're interviewing him and his name is Jeff Hillemeyer. And he had founded companies and sold companies and been acquired. And he had this huge marketing company that he was running. And he also had a bunch of kids. And one of those kids was also adopted from China, like my son. And so after the event, I kind of wrestled with it. You know, like, should I go and try to meet this guy? Like, he's super high level. I'm very low level. I would love to know him. He'd be a good person for me to know. Should I go and just try to connect? Okay, fine. I guess I will. So I went and stood, literally stood in line to talk to him. Like, it was that kind of event. Like, you stand in line, 10 people deep, to talk to this guy. And at the end of it, I just, you know, I got up, shook his hand, and said, hey, I've got a marketing agency. I have a kid adopted from China. Can we have coffee? And it turns out that that question is the second best question I've ever asked in my life. The first best question I ever asked in my life was, will you marry me? And she said yes, hence the kids. The second best question was to Jeff, can we have coffee? Because from that relationship, it literally changed everything. So just to list a handful of things that it changed for me, um, he and I ended up co-founding 48 and 48 together. I'll tell you that story in a minute. Um, we, I, I ended up traveling all over the U.S. and the U.K. for 48 and 48. I've met celebrities and Hall of Famers. I ended up getting into Leadership Atlanta. And through that relationship, I met people and became friends with people like Bernice King, Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter, and Andrew Cathy, the CEO of Chick-fil-A, who wasn't at the time but is now, which is really weird to know him. 
Um, and Andre Dickens, that is the mayor of Atlanta, that's also a friend of mine. It's very, very strange. Um, and I should not know these people, by the way. It's really weird. Um, and, and, but all through that connection, I also uh, made a lifelong friend. I mean, Jeff and I text literally every single day and chat every single day and connect. Um, and I'm a big believer that you are the some average or the average of the people that are the most important to you in your life. Jeff's in my top three. Um, most important people to me. And so he makes me a better person every day and I try to do the same for him. So that was the first lesson. The second lesson is kind of related to the founding of 4848. So we didn't tell you what 4848 was, so I'll, I'll kind of explain it through this story. But the second lesson is people respond to a bold and somewhat insane vision. So Jeff and I were getting to be friends and I get, his, I get a call from him and of course I answer because it's like new friendship, way out of my league, you know, kind of that sort of relationship. So you got to answer. So I answer the phone. Hey, Adam, what are you doing? Nothing. I can talk. Great. All right. He said, do you think we could build one website for a nonprofit in 48 hours? I was like, yeah, I mean, I run a website company. I can do that right, right now. Like, that's no problem at all. Okay, cool. Do you think we could do 10? Can we do 10 websites in 48 hours? And I'm th- I think about it. Okay, sure. Yeah, I think we do 10. How about 20? Can we do 20 websites? Okay. I'm getting a little nervous. Okay, yeah, we can do 20 websites in 48 hours. And then he finally goes, can we do 50? Can we do 50 websites in 48 hours? And I'm like, okay, yes, but you have to stop. And he goes, all right, look, we'll back it down to 48. We'll do 48 websites in 48 hours. That's the goal. And I was like, all right, I'm in. Let's do it. So I consider myself to be the first volunteer, essentially, for 48 and 48. Like, that was my mentality. Like, Jeff's got this crazy idea. I'm all in. I have nothing to lose. Let's do it. So we start putting this thing together and we get to the first meeting, the first volunteer meeting and people start kind of coming out of the woodwork to help with this because number one, everybody knows Jeff in marketing in Atlanta and number two, because it's insane and they want to see if it's going to crash and burn like everybody thinks it's going to. And so we get to the first meeting and we sit down and there's the agenda and we start walking through the agenda and Jeff introduces me as his co-founder for 48 and 48. So I went from first volunteer to co-founder, which was a significant upgrade, but also meant that I had a lot of work that I now had to do. Uh, and that it really went from there. Um, it, so all that to say is we went through that first event. I think we had 150 people at the first event. It was insane. We did build 48 free websites for nonprofits at the first event and everybody loved it, which actually brings me to my next point, which is that passion is the jet fuel for growth. So we had this idea for, well, we, Jeff had this idea and drug me along, had this idea to do this crazy thing to serve nonprofits. And we did it. And it was amazing. And at the end of the event, we had been at Ponce, we, we held the first event at Ponce City Market at General Assembly. General Assembly was the only built out space in Ponce City Market at that time. Everything else was completely empty. It was eerie and weird being there at like two in the morning with Ponce City Market completely empty. But we were there, I slept on the floor. We get to the end of it on Sunday. And we're looking around and everybody's working crazy hard. And then people started coming to the table. Hey, can we sign up again for next year? And Jeff and I are like, next year? <laughs> like, we're just, we just survived this thing. And sure enough, like they wanted to do it again. And so like, yeah, let's, let's put out a sign-up sheet. Let's sign up for next year. And sure enough, people signed up for next year. So we decided to do it again next year. And then next year we, we did it in Atlanta and we decided to expand to New York because we can do it in Atlanta where we know everybody. Can we do it in New York where we don't? And we did. And it was amazing and insane and crazy. And we did it anyway. 
because passion is the jet fuel for growth. So then the, the, next, thing, the next thing I learned as we grew is to prepare for the unexpected. So I'm, I wanna, I'm just curious, this is like participatory for a moment. If we're an expanding nonprofit, okay? We do events to build 48 free websites for 48 nonprofits in 48 hours, which is insane. What do you think our biggest problem was? Anybody? Bandwidth? Nope. Space. Uh, close, but no. Anybody else? Biggest problem? Getting the Who? Getting the nonprofits. Getting the nonprofits was the biggest problem by miles. It was shockingly hard to get nonprofits to come to the table so we could give them stuff. Partly because we required a lot from them. Like we needed like content. Like you have to have like writing for pages and stuff. You have to have images. It's hard for nonprofits to get those things sometimes, right? So that was a part of it. Part of it was that they just like, there's no free lunch, right? You just don't believe it. Like, why would you do this, right? And where's the catch? And so they just don't believe it at all. So that's a big part of it. But we had to overcome that. And we spent years working to overcome that. And still, honestly, that's still one of our main sticking points is getting nonprofits, getting the word out and getting nonprofits on board. Getting volunteers, never a problem. We can get people in the door to build sites. Marketing people love to build websites, apparently, and serve nonprofits, but getting them in the door is tough. So that actually is my next point, which is that people are looking for meaning. And I would imagine you're seeing this, like if you're in the workspace at all, like you see people are aggressively looking for meaning. Like younger generations are looking for meaning in what they do. And not just like the volunteer work that they do after work or the stuff they do on the weekends. They're looking for meaning in their day-to-day -day lives, and they're looking for how they can use their professional skills to do good in the world and to make an impact. People are looking for, that's why we can get hundreds of volunteers. And I'll talk more about the volunteers in a minute, but that's why we can get so many people coming to the table because they're dying to use their skills for good. So just a couple of numbers, because of our amazing volunteers, we've worked with about 4,000 plus volunteers from 2015 to now. We've built a th over a thousand nonprofit websites from 2015 to now. We've trained uh, more than 200 nonprofits in marketing skills because during the weekend, we also bring in the nonprofits or we digitally share with the nonprofits different courses. So here's what you need to know for SEO. Here's what you need to think about for social media. Here's what you need to think about for email. We do all that for nonprofits to try to train them because giving them a great website is fantastic, but giving them a great website and some training around marketing is even better. And lastly, assuming that the value of the websites that we build is roughly 25,000 per website based on the experts that are working on them and what their calculable you know, hourly rates are and so on and so forth. We've delivered approximately $25 million in value to nonprofits worldwide, not just here in the US, because we've also done events in the UK, and I'll talk about it in a minute, but we've done events digitally and served nonprofits all over the world. So that's been uh, pretty amazing. The next lesson that I've learned is uh, when challenges come, it's time to pivot. Um, I wasn't responsible for this pivot, but I was impressed by it. We have an executive director at 1440 right now, Seema Parekh, who is fantastic and amazing. And the pandemic should have absolutely destroyed us. I mean, we were an events-based company that hosted in-person events to do things. Like, that's what we did. And we required funding from, get this, our biggest funder was Delta Airlines. So the pandemic hit. Delta took a big hit, had to step away. We lost half of, more, than, more than half of our funding and completely lost the ability to do in-person anything at all. 
We should have died right there, but we didn't because SEMA is amazing. And we pivoted to digital events where we could have digital teams and we created experiences in the digital space to bring those teams together and make them bond as teams, even though they were separated by vast distances. So at one of our events, let me see if I remember correctly, our 2020 was our first ever virtual event and we had volunteers across 15 different time zones for that event and we served nonprofits globally during that event. It was unbelievable. And even better because of that pivot, we're now able to do events like we just did an event uh, three weeks ago that was the social justice event. So we served only, prof only nonprofits in the social justice space. I think several months before that, we did an event that was a women's only event. So it was built teams of only women trying to encourage women to get into the digital marketing and into the, the coding space, right? And so we were able to create more events that do more things and can focus and do more good in the world. So my last question now is what's the future of 48 and 48? Like, where are we going? And I would say we're going the same place as everybody else. We're going the same place as every other work, every other workspace, every other company. We're in the same boat. Our volunteers are looking for the same things that every knowledge worker is looking for. They're looking for meaning in the work that they do. They're looking for the opportunity to do good in the world and to make an impact in their daily lives, not just occasionally through some random volunteering. They're looking for an insane amount of flexibility. That's my favorite thing about digital events. Is there like I can, I can support a digital event, and I and I'm just monitoring a Slack channel, and I can like go to my kids' basketball game and monitor the Slack channel and answer questions. But, and I'm, but I'm at my kids' basketball game, but I'm helping 48 and 48. Like that's the level of flexibility that the workforce is looking for. They want an amazing amount of flexibility. Probably most importantly, and I think about this a lot, they need great communication. Our volunteers need communication at a level that we've never experienced before. And not just one type of communication, they need lots of types of communication. They need conversations. We need to do, we do webinars. We need to get into podcasting for them and to keep them supported and engaged. We do newsletters, we do social posts, we do emails, we do lots and lots of emails. And most importantly, our nonprofits need a significant amount of engagement as well and a lot of communication to stay in touch. And lastly, our volunteers and I think all employees need clear, reasonable expectations. I think the workforce is changing dramatically and the expectations are changing dramatically. And for us to expect our volunteers to just show up for an entire weekend is probably not as reasonable as it used to be. So five years ago, that was pretty common. Like show up for a whole weekend, give it your all and that's great. Now it's less common. So we have digital teams and they say, great, I'll be there Friday night, Saturday morning, my kid has a game. I'll be there Saturday afternoon and Saturday night. Okay, great, we'll make that work. We'll figure it out. And so we're struggling through those same shifts in the culture that I think likely all of you are struggling through and trying to figure out how to make all that work for our volunteers and for our people. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna continue with virtual and hybrid events. So our goal is to have the next Atlanta event have a in-person component. We're gonna do it at Cox. Cox has been a great partner for us in terms of venues and other things. So we're gonna have it there. We're gonna expand our partnerships with companies like Verizon, hopefully Delta again, and IBM, IBM's been an amazing supporter. They've sent teams to so many events, it's unreal. They've been just fantastic. We're gonna reach more nonprofits to support them, and we're gonna enable our volunteers to use their skills to change the world.
Thanks for joining me for this special episode of Wild Daring Greatly. If you want to know more about 48N48, go to 48N48.org. That's 48IN48.org. And if you know a nonprofit that needs a new website, please send them this URL and ask them to sign up. We would love to support those nonprofits. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on my blog at adamjwalker.com. And that has links to all of the various platforms where I create content and just spend my time digitally. And until next time, thanks for joining.